I'm a dude, and I'm inviting you to join me on a podcast about brews. Does that include stouts? Yes. Yes, of course it includes stouts. Like I was saying, join us every Saturday on the journey hey, hey, into... Hey, co- wait a minute. Do you, do you guys do anything about, like, IPAs? Yes. Like that? Yes, of, yes, of, yes, we do IPAs. Okay. It's, okay. It, yes. Anyway, join us on the Journey into Comics Network for Brews with Dudes. Whoa, whoa, po- hey, hey, do you... Have you guys ever... Do you care if I bring some Zima on? Yes, I care if you bring Zima. Zima doesn't count. Zima... Oh. Zima... Dr. Dongo. Anyway, join us every Saturday for a podcast that delves into the craft brew world. The following, the following. The following. Journey into Comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. actually my second take already of this intro uh because the first one i for the life of me could not remember what episode number it was uh which is sad because 14 is not that high of a number uh, and i apparently can't even count to that so episode 14 of kids for sale uh today i'm flying solo again i know i've done a couple of these episodes and they they've you know for better or for worse I've, i've done a couple of these solo episodes but today i'm going solo on purpose uh because I brought something up a couple weeks ago uh, that I thought was a, a good topic, and I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into it, um, and that's the topic of divorce and, and what it's like being a divorced dad or divorced parent, you know, not not to single out just the dads, but because um, div- divorce is very much a reality for a lot of people today, uh, you know, it's it, I don't I don't know the statistics. I'm not going to try to throw statistics at you or anything, but you know that there's a very high divorce percentage uh in this country in 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 the world today. It's it's just it's just the facts. That's that's the way things are. Um and along those same lines, you know, there's a lot of people that you know are having kids together even when they're not married and then they don't stay together, but then the kid is in both of their lives still and there's some people that have a kid that they raise by themselves. And, you know, I, I can't give the perspective of a completely single parent because I've never been in that situation before. But uh, today I wanted to give the perspective of a divorced dad or a divorced parent. You know, somebody that uh, I, I was married. Uh, we had two kids together and we got divorced after the second kid. So, uh going through that and watching the kids go through that was and 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 still is a lot of times uh very difficult um in a lot of ways there's there's a lot of different a lot of different irons in the fire i i, I hate myself for saying that it's not even a good term but uh so anyway to just start this episode off uh, i i do want to say uh, in the previous 13 episodes, I've tried to maintain a certain level of humor. And, and I mean, funny or not, if the episodes are funny or not, I don't know. 
but I feel like sometimes they are, and I try to make them fun and lighthearted and entertaining. But uh, today, I, I'm not. I'm not going to worry so much about the entertainment factor, and I just kind of want to. I want to discuss like the realities of things. You know what? what uh, if if you're just going through a divorce, or if if you have just been through a divorce, or if there is one pending, you know. I would like to give you some perspective on what what my experience was and and what I believe to be a normal experience with that and uh, just things that I've found that make it easier. Um, so it, it's this might not be a fun episode. This might not be a fun listen, but uh, I'm I'm hoping that everybody's able to take something out of it because uh, it's it's hard. Uh, it's it's very hard going through it. Um, it's very hard seeing your kids go through it. Uh, and if there's anything that you can do to make it easier on them and easier on yourself, uh, I'd, I'd like to help you do that. Um, just because I, I don't want anybody to have to go through what I went through and put my kids through. And, uh, you know, I, I make this sound all dark and depressing and sad and, and it was, it was a very dark time for a couple of years, but things have gotten so much better in my life in just a couple of years, you know, um, I, Ashley and I have been married for going on a year now. Um, I've been Scarlett's stepdad since since we've been together, even though you know not unofficially her stepdad. And so I've I've gained a third child, um, and and my kids have adjusted well to things. And and so I mean, just know that no matter how how serious this episode gets I, there's light at the end of the tunnel because it, it things are so much better today than they were just a year ago they're so much better today than they were two years ago and especially so much better than they were three years ago because this my, my divorce was only it was only finalized two years ago uh and you know it's it's crazy to think how hard things were then and how much they've changed in that little amount of time. Um, but anyway, so, so before I dive in and get like way too serious, just I, as I've done on every previous episode, I, I want to do a quick recap of the last couple of weeks and what, what we've been doing as a family and, uh, what, uh, you know, what the kids have been up to. Um, I talked about Mark started wrestling and basketball. He's got his first basketball game coming up this weekend. And so far that schedule, Hasn't been too crazy. Um, he's supposed to have wrestling three days a week, basketball two days a week. Uh, and that includes his basketball games. Uh, he's got one basketball practice and one game a week and then three nights of wrestling. But, uh, uh, you know, and here's here's part of uh, part of divorce is I, I had a discussion with his mom um, because he's at her house during the week. I really don't have control over when he does and does not go to practice during the week because it's, it's on her time. Um, but I do feel like the three nights of wrestling plus the one night of basketball practice and his basketball game. And then on Monday nights, he's got tutoring. Um, so that li- literally leaves him just Saturday is the only day that he has nothing on his schedule. And man, for an eight year old, that's a lot. It's a lot, and I, I think it's too much. So I I talked to his mom, and I told her that I felt that uh, 
one night a week of wrestling is enough for now because the the wrestling schedule that he's on there are no meets that he has to attend uh it's this is just like kind of a club at this point he can go when he wants and learn what they're learning uh and it's it's not it's not mandatory that he makes every practice so i i said you know how about until basketball's over we just do one night a week which i've already busted her out just this week uh not even though we discussed it and we both kind of agreed that that was best, uh, I, I caught her this week. She brought him to wrestling twice, which I mean, again, it's not it's not the end of the world. Um, as long as we don't start seeing his grades slipping, as long as he's getting his homework done, and uh, and he, the other thing too, the one of the main concerns I had with forcing him to go to wrestling so many nights a week, plus basketball, plus tutoring, was I. I wasn't sure if he was going to enjoy wrestling at all. Uh, he was terrified of it when we first started talking to him about it um, because all he's seen up to this point was just like the WWE stuff. And and actually, he, he flat out told his mom the, the main reason he didn't want to wrestle was because he didn't want to get punched in the face. That was what he told her. So I, I he, he didn't understand the game at all. But now that he's been through a few practices, he actually loves it. I, th- I think he li- might like it more than he likes football. So... I mean, if he's enjoying it, he wants to go extra nights, whatever. That's it, it, it is what it is. But I'm just I'm still afraid of his grades slipping because I think we may have discussed it already a little bit. Um, his reading has fallen behind, which I, I, you know, years years down the line, if he goes back and listens to the podcast, I hope you know I'm putting his personal business on blast. And sorry, I'm just just talking, bud, just talking, and nobody's gonna remember this a week from now anyway. But his his reading started falling behind. You know, he wasn't up to his grade level reading. So we got him a tutor um, a couple months ago. He's been going to tutoring once a week for a couple months now, and uh, it's it's done wonders so far. Um, if any if any of you parents out there have kids that are struggling, and, and you know, especially at Mark's age. The reading is so important. And, and now I know I've talked about this. I know I've talked about this. Well, in case you missed the episode when I talked about this, because I don't even remember what episode I talked about this, but um, reading is so critical uh, in his age, in in second grade specifically. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's not important in kindergarten or first grade whenever they're actually learning the things and not saying it's not important in later grades either, but Second grade, we've already noticed, is a very steep drop-off. It's it's a very big tipping point because this is the age when, you know, he takes a test and he's expected to be able to read the instructions to himself and he's expected to be able to read the questions to himself. So not just on his reading grades, you know, not just reading books and stuff, but his social studies grades can fall behind. His math grades, even though math is just numbers, his math grades can fall behind because, you know, if there's story problems, which a lot of a lot of this new math that I've seen is more story problems than just throwing numbers on a piece of paper because uh, the whole new math, which everybody seems to hate, and, you know, I, I, I know parents that are refusing to do it. The new math is... the the idea of it is to make it more relatable to the kids. So it's not just numbers. There's a reason for the numbers and that's that's what they want that's what they want kids to take away from it is why are these numbers and why, you know, 
how do you group them and stuff like that. And that's that's the idea of new math. I'm not saying I'm a fan. I'm just saying that's 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 the idea behind it. And I understand the idea behind it. And it works for some kids. But uh, but anyway, so there's a lot more reading involved in the in the math problems. There's a lot of reading involved in social studies. There's a lot of reading involved in you know every subject in school now. He's got to read his questions. He's got to read his tests. And if he is struggling with his reading, then he can't do those questions. You know, he can't answer those questions. He can't answer those math problems. And and there goes his other grades. You know, um, so we decided to get him a tutor. Uh, which, like I said, is one night a week, which does it's, it's an hour, one hour every week. And you would be amazed just that, that small group, the small group forum that he does his, his tutoring in, uh, has already brought his reading level up. Uh, so I, I don't know what the scale is called, but there's a, like a letter scale of, you know, in kindergarten, they read books that are A, B, and C level. And, and you know, sec- first grade is D, E, F. I, I don't know. I, and I, I'm throwing the letters out there at random. I don't know what the levels really are. But I do know uh, I had to sit down with his teacher, and she had told me that uh, his reading level is supposed to, by the end of the school year, he should be at a reading level uh, K or L, I want to say it was L. Um, and technically he was supposed to have started the second grade at, uh, an H maybe. And when she had done his reading assessment, he was a couple letters behind that even. So he was like at an F or a G or something. Um, so he had gotten up to a good level by the end of last school year, but then over the summer, just it fell behind again and he actually backed himself up but just in the couple months that he's been working with the tutor he's already gone up to i think he was reading a a level j book uh at my house over the weekend and he did fine with it you know he's so his confidence is getting better and he's he's wanting to push himself into a you know more difficult books and and uh, so if if you've ever considered tutoring for your child for whatever reason, uh, I, I can tell you firsthand it's 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 worked for us and uh, I would recommend it. Um, the tutor he has is a I, I think she is a former school teacher or a substitute teacher or something um, that had worked with second grade classes before. So it, it worked out for us finding the right tutor that was familiar with the curriculum and, um, and you know, my son's teacher emails his tutor about what they're working on in class. So she can kind of tailor the tutoring sessions more towards what he actually needs to work on. So it's, it's worked out really nice. Um, so I do recommend that, but, oh God, I got way off the track now and I don't even remember where I left off wrestling, basketball, tutoring. It's a lot. He's got six days a week that he's got stuff going on. Um, so I think that's too much, uh, for an eight year old, that's too much, but he's enjoying it so far. Haven't seen any of his grades slipping yet. Um, going to keep an eye on that though. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, the girls are not in any sports or anything for the winter, which, uh, part of me feels bad 
about that, but the other part of me is just incredibly thankful because it was chaos having football and soccer every week. Uh, and, or, and then before that having baseball and T-ball and dance class and, uh, it's, it's just too much. It's too much. And especially at, at their age groups. And I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know if this is all sports nowadays. And I don't know if this is all age groups nowadays, but the parents like sit and watch every practice for baseball, for football, especially the, the football parents. It was like a club, you know, they all sat there and talked while they had football practice and, and then, you know, dance class, the parents all sit at dance class and watch and what, what happened to like, when I was a kid, I, you know, you have basketball practice. Okay. Drop you off at the gym. I'll be back in an hour. That would be kind of nice because then I could go home. I could cook dinner. I could do whatever, but like all the other parents are sitting there watching practice. And it's like, I I don't, I don't want to be the only one, you know? I don't want, well, he's such a bad parent because he doesn't sit and watch. But like, is it, is this the definition of helicopter parenting? Is this what helicopter parenting is? Is when they have any kind of event, you just, not event. I mean, the events, of course you go and watch the events, the games and the, the, the dance recitals and stuff, but just practices. Does, is it necessary to sit and watch practice? I, I sat and watched football practice because I, I enjoyed seeing him develop uh, you know, it was something, it was the first time he'd actually been excited about a game, you know, we didn't have to talk him into it. Um, and it was exciting for me, but, uh, you know, by the end of the season, I didn't really, it was, it was getting too hard. I didn't want to sit at the practices anymore. I didn't have time for it anymore, but man, all those other parents just every single week they're there. I don't know. But yeah, the girls are not doing anything for the winter right now, which is nice. Um, uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. I, I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, we actually had a very nice Thanksgiving. It was... We, we got up in the morning and I realized, hey, we got the whole family here first thing in the morning. I'm going to make breakfast. Because I love making breakfast. I love sitting and eating breakfast as a family. It's I don't know what it is about breakfast specifically, but it's like it's my favorite meal to sit around the table and you know eat as a family. Um, so I made a bunch of pancakes. We call them Mark pancakes at my house, which is just a regular pancake recipe with a couple tablespoons of extra sugar in the batter. Because I like my pancakes sweet. Because I don't I don't like syrup on my pancakes. So I started making my pancake batter sweeter. So the pancakes themselves would be sweeter and I wouldn't have to have syrup. And Mark apparently loves them that way. So we, they've, they've become Mark pancakes. So we had Mark pancakes and I made a couple of eggs and we had some bacon and stuff. And we sat around and had breakfast. And then right after we finished breakfast, I was like, oh shit, it's Thanksgiving. And now we just filled ourselves up for the Thanksgiving dinner that we had at my dad's house. Uh, so by the time we got to my dad's, I was able to, I was only able to eat a plate and, uh, here's, okay. Here's something parenting related for Thanksgiving. Uh, what the hell do your kids eat on Thanksgiving? Because, uh, my Mark only ate, 
I'm trying to think. He ate a slice of ham. He ate a couple of rolls. And that may have been it. That may have been it. And then Scarlet, uh, Scarlet usually eats a little bit of everything. So we got her a little bit of everything. And I feel like she took about five bites and that was it. I got Livy a plate with a little bit of everything, but Livy was throwing a tantrum uh, pretty early on, actually, right before we started getting our plates together for, for dinner. Uh, she started throwing a tantrum and she wouldn't come up and get anything on her plate. So I just made her a plate. And then she sat there for an hour on the couch pouting and she wouldn't eat. So by the time she actually got to her food, it was cold. And I mean, she nibbled on it, but I don't know. I, I, what, what's so wrong with Thanksgiving dinner? Like what, how could kids possibly not like just turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes? That's, that's, that's the good stuff there. You know, it's not like it's something crazy that they need to be picky about. It's just turkey, you know, but, uh, what, what do your kids eat on Thanksgiving? What what don't they eat? Are, are you one of the parents, you, you, you make your kid a plate, it's got one slice of turkey and like a a small dollop of plain mashed potatoes with no gravy? What what is, what is it? What do your kids do? Because I know not every kid eats the Thanksgiving stuff. I know it's not my, just my kids. Um, but yeah, maybe leave a comment on my Facebook. What, what do your kids eat for Thanksgiving? And if you have any pictures from your Thanksgiving, I want let's see some pictures of your families. Um, you know, nobody's sent me any pictures of their kids and nobody sent me stories about their kids yet. I, I, I really would like to hear that stuff. I'm not just like, I'm not, this isn't just something I'm saying, Oh, you know, Oh, this is about families. I want to hear. No, I really want to hear about your families. And I, if you have good stories, I'd, I'd like to tell other people's stories or, or, you know, uh, Show off your pictures on my Facebook page, please. I, I it's I think that would be a lot of fun. It'd be fun for me to see. It'd be fun for other people to see. But uh, and then we go to every night, every Thanksgiving uh, after we're done eating dinner at my dad's, we go to my mom's house and have dessert there. And yeah, it was a good time. The kids all had a good time. It was fun all around. Good holiday. Um, and this uh, actually. This is kind of what made me want to do this uh, divorce episode, actually. Since we're talking about Thanksgiving, we'll roll it right into the topic of the episode. Because uh, the holiday schedule is one of the, up to this point, has been a very uh, contentious uh, subject with me and my ex. Um, So, uh, I guess just to dive right in. Um, when we got our divorce finalized and actually before we even got it finalized, uh, after our preliminary hearing, um, our custody arrangement was what they call the Indiana parenting time guidelines minimum which in the state of Indiana, I'm sure there's one for every state, but in the state of Indiana specifically, it spells out, you know, the custodial parent, which uh, custodial parent refers to the parent that uh, the kids primarily live with, who is primarily responsible for them on a day-to-day basis. That's the custodial parent. Um, And the non-custodial parent would, in this case, be me. Um, because they live with my ex, um, in Ashley's case, uh, Ashley is the custodial parent for Scarlett 
and her ex is the non-custodial, which uh, I I want to say in majority of cases it is the the mother is the custodial and the father is the non-custodial. But I have seen it the other way around too. So I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does happen. Um, I just feel like it's a little more rare, um, especially in in you know a traditional conservative state like Indiana. It's 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 more you know they always lean a lot more on oh well it's more important for the mother to be with the kids and you know that's not always true sometimes it it, it goes the other way actually we uh Ashley and I are friends with a couple that uh the the I'm not going to name names or anything and I'm not going to give their specific situation but um our friend just married her boyfriend and they just received custody of his son uh through you know there was a a whole legal circumstance it was the reason why he was able to get custody and it was very much deserved like they it needed to happen it's a it was a very good thing that it happened uh because the the boy is in a much better household now um having a much more normal upbringing let's just we'll we'll leave it at that because i don't i don't want to call anybody's business out uh without their permission (laughs) so um anyway so i am the non-custodial parent in in this case um and under indiana parenting time guidelines uh that means that i receive every other weekend uh they come and stay at my house which uh starting tonight actually is my weekend um they stay at my house friday night it's supposed to be from six o'clock Friday night till six o'clock Sunday night. That's the legal definition of it. But you know, the the times are subject to change. The the they we we change the times. You know, my ex works until like four thirty every night. So for her to come home and want to spend an hour with the kids is, I mean, sometimes it happens that way. Sometimes I'll I'll be working late or something. But most of the time she just says, "Hey, if you want to get them right after school, that's fine." And then they'll go back to her house. You know, since she lets me have them a little bit early, I'll I'll let her pick them up, you know, at 5 o'clock or something on Sunday instead of 6 o'clock. Um, we usually try to work around each other's schedules in that regard. Um, but then holidays are also spelled out. Uh, there, There's an entire section in the guidelines that define the holidays and how they are divided up. You know, one parent gets... Uh, New Year's Eve, one parent gets... Actually, I don't even remember if New Year's Eve is in the guidelines or not. But, uh, you know, 4th of July is spelled out. Uh, Thanksgiving, Labor Day, um, Spring Break, uh, you know, uh, Fall Break uh, at school. All, all that stuff is all spelled out in the guidelines. And it says, on this year, the custodial parent gets these holidays. And on this year, the non-custodial parent gets these holidays. Um, I got Thanksgiving this year, which means that I, after this weekend, I will have had my kids three weekends in a row, which is actually, it's pretty rare, um, because I only get them every other weekend. But since Thanksgiving was my holiday and fell on a weekend that I don't normally have them, I got them for the third weekend. You know, I got them for that weekend also the whole weekend, uh, from Wednesday night to Sunday night. 
Um, but uh, then Christmas, uh, technically Christmas is supposed to be like, she's, she's supposed to get them from the time they wake up until noon. And then my allotted time on Christmas is noon to nine. Um, and then she gets them back and because she gets them the first half of winter break, I get them the second half of winter break, which my half of winter break doesn't start until the weekend after Christmas. Um, and then I get them for a week, uh, until they go back to school. Um, I know I'm, I'm getting too technical about it and this is probably not very exciting to listen to, but I mean, this is, this is, I guess this, if you have not dealt with this before, this is, this is what it's like. This is really what it's like is you have to go through this damn schedule every year and you know mark down on your calendar okay this holiday is mine this holiday is not mine this you know this part of break is mine this part of break is not mine and then summer vacation uh when they're off of school for summer vacation she gets half of that and I get half of that uh and technically I think I think the choice is mine I don't, it's just worked out the last couple of years where I've gotten them the second half of the break anyway. But I think technically I'm supposed to be able to pick, uh, do I get them the first half of summer break or the second half of summer break? Um, but there's a deadline. I have to let her know by April or something, which half of break I want, or she just gets to pick by default. Um, and then let's see what else. Do, I also get uh, one weeknight visitation a week which this it's a little degrading to an extent that they call it visitation. Doesn't that sound like, doesn't that sound like you're visiting someone in jail? You know, like I, like there's something so horribly wrong with our situation that they have to just visit me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm their fucking dad, you know, they're not visiting me. They're, they're spending quality time with their father. I've always hated that word in in the guidelines. It it, it pisses me off to this day. It, it, everything, realistically, everything about the the parenting time guidelines pisses me off. Just because it's it's meant for it's meant for people with problems. You know, uh, people that have demonstrated that they are people that have demonstrated that they are not good parents or that they are unfit, you know, that's, it's supposed to be like the minimum of worst case scenario. You deserve at least this much time with your kids, uh, which, you know, not to get into the nitty gritty of things and and how we ended up this way or, or anything, but I don't, I don't deserve the minimum. I don't, you know, I, <sighs> Again, I don't, I don't, I don't want this to get too serious because I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm going off and ranting at the system because that's not what that's not what I meant by this at all. But you know, sometimes shit happens, and in my situation, shit happened, and I got awarded the minimum amount of custody the state of Indiana allows. Um. Which is, it's tough, man. It's tough. That's one of the reasons I have loved the kids being in sports um, and being involved in, you know, dance class. Because it gives me 
other times throughout the week that I am allowed to go see them, you know? She can't stop me from coming. And she hasn't tried to. I, I, don't, I don't... She hasn't tried to stop me from going to practice. She's not trying to, you know, keep the kids hidden from me or anything. Um, but we went through a very rough custody fight. In fact, our, our divorce, uh, the proceedings themselves went on for a couple of years when if we would have agreed on custody, it could have been over instantly because we had nothing else that we were fighting about. I, you know, we agreed on who took the house. We agreed on who took the furniture. We agreed on who took everything. There was no money to fight over. There was nothing. Um, it was custody. Custody was the one that, and, and, uh, it could have been over a lot sooner, but, uh, unfortunately lawyers, you know, they're, they're like, they're sharks, you know, they're, they're, they, they, they smell the blood in the water because that's, that's the custody battles are, that's a big profit for divorce lawyers is custody battles. Cause that's just more time that they get to quote unquote fight for you and more time they can charge you for. So the longer you don't agree on custody or whatever, the more they can bill you for it. And unfortunately, we both had shark shit. Ugh. I hated our lawyers, both of them. My lawyer was awful. Her lawyer was a dick. Um, and they, they milked as much money out of both of us as they could. Um, and otherwise, it could have been over earlier and maybe things would have gone better. So uh, I guess let's, let's, let's go ahead and say... Uh, if there's one, one big major piece of advice I can give you, if you're going through a divorce, um, if it's at all amicable, you know, if you don't instantly hate each other and, you know, there's, there's at least some level of discussion and agreement between the two of you, hire a mediator, don't hire lawyers. Lawyers will get you pissed at each other. Lawyers will ruin any idea of agreement that you had and they will force you to fight and fight and fight because that's how they get paid. Um, so hire a mediator and both of you sit down with a mediator because that's what's really best. And I'm not saying like just for your wallet, that's not just what's best for your wallet. That's the best way to figure out who should have the kids and how often and stuff because the mediator is there to make sure it's fair for both, you know, and lawyers, it's just whoever's, whoever's got money for the better lawyer gets the kids more. And that's not fair to the kids. That's not fair to the parents. Um, let the mediator do their job, go that route. That's my, that's my advice for you. I, I wish I would have done that. Uh, I wish I would have known then what I know now about how divorce proceedings go and how custody battles go. And a lot could have changed a lot could have changed. Um, but anyway, hindsight's 2020. Um, and this is where I'm at now. I'm, I get my kids every other weekend. I get them on holidays and I get them one night a week, but you know, I can go to basketball practice and I can go to wrestling and I can go to dance practice and I can go to 
whatever else they have, you know? Uh, so that's one good thing about them being signed up for that stuff is it's, it's a safe, neutral place for both parents to, you know, be able to sit and, uh, at football practices, it's not like I sat right next to my ex and was best friends and chit chatting with her or anything, but you know, we, we sat right near each other and we had the same couple of people that we were friends with at practices and we all sat in a group and kind of talked and got along, you know? So, uh, sometimes just having that neutral ground in the middle is a good way to, uh, kind of get along with your ex for the sake of the kids, you know? It was a good place for me to bring things up, like if I wanted to take them for an extra day or something, I could talk to her face-to-face and say, hey, uh, I have this going on. Would this be okay? And uh, since, like I said, it's neutral ground, it was rarely ever a fight, you know? Texting is where the fighting happens. Um, Because you don't know the context of the text. You don't know the tone of the text. Uh, So since it's your ex, someone that you just kind of by default don't like, uh, no matter what the text is, you read it in a snarky, shitty tone, and whatever it is becomes an argument. Like, for instance, uh, I told my ex that I would buy Mark some new basketball shoes, and I didn't buy them right away because I'm broke right now. I was waiting for a paycheck to come in. Um, And she texted me a couple days later and said, did you buy the basketball shoes yet? Which I can read that a variety of ways, you know. I can read that as, hey, did you have a chance to buy the basketball shoes yet? But instead, my default reaction was, did you buy the basketball shoes yet? Because that's how I imagined her saying it. Which, reality, probably not true. It's probably not how she meant it. But it almost became a fight right then and there because I thought she was hounding me and blah, 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 blah. Um, Fuck, well, this isn't about kids. I guess kind of it is, but, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's the way I see things. I think texting is a very bad medium to be talking to your ex, um, when it comes to things with the kids, you know, uh, talk to them face to face or at least give them a phone call. I hate phone calls. I hate them. I hate calling anybody. I hate talking on the phone with anybody. Uh, I get a huge deal of anxiety over being on the phone. So uh, sometimes she calls me to straighten things out and uh, I get really annoyed being on the phone because I don't want to be on the phone and I don't want to be on the phone with her. And I'm, it's, uh, I would say it's nothing against her, but it kind of is. I, I mean, it's uncomfortable being on the phone with her. It's not, not like, I mean, she knows if she's listening to this or if anybody tells her about this, she knows we, we've had our disagreements. Obviously we are divorced. There's a reason. Um, there's a reason it's uncomfortable for me to be on the phone with her and I don't want to do it. I don't want to be on the phone with her, but she calls me to straighten things out. And then I'm the asshole because I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And most of the time she's actually pretty pleasant on the phone. She just wants to iron things out, but I don't, I just don't want to be on the phone. So face to face is the best time to do it, which is like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm getting off the rails again. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, Don't text your ex about stuff for the kids. They're reading it like you're yelling at them 
When they text you back, you're reading it like you're they're yelling at you. And it's never going to get solved that way. Never. Uh, at least at least talk to them. Don't text them. That's that's another big thing. Hire a mediator. Uh, don't text your ex. Bad stuff. It's all bad stuff. Um, let's see what else is going on. I talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, I got to volunteer for Mark's Halloween party, and that was a soft spot for me, um, because, like I said, I got, I just got treated like I don't know, like I wasn't supposed to be there, and it was an incredible thing that I was. That, oh, the dad's there! Oh my God, it's crazy. And I hate that. I, hate, I still hate that attitude about it. It's and and it's not like. It's not like people are like, oh, you shouldn't be here or anything. It's it's usually like, oh, wow, what a great dad you are for coming to. And it it shouldn't be that way. I know that's a nice thing that they're like a nice point of view. They're not saying anything negative about me, but it's very backhanded. As I, as I said a couple weeks ago, it's backhanded and it's demeaning and uh, it it's, makes me feel like dads are less important in the day to day. I mean everything everything about my divorce proceeding has made me believe that dads are viewed as less important than the moms are and I don't know I I know the moms would agree with that um most moms I'm not saying all moms like my Ashley Ashley always tells me that because you know, I, I talk to her about this all the time, about how insulting it is that I'm treated like, you know, the, the the way they treat dads. Just, oh, you know, well, if dad can't do it, at least mom can kind of thing. Um, Which, I'm by the way, I'm not, for once, I'm actually not crying. I got a little bit of a stuffy nose, so I'm not sitting here <laughs> sniffling or anything. But um, Ashley always likes to remind me that I'm, that I'm not like most dads. She doesn't think anyway. Um, she thinks most dads are, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to say this without insulting a great number of dads out there, but she even views dads as like, you know, mom will do it first. And if mom, you know, dad, if dad can get around to it, he will kind of thing. Um, And I don't like that she sees it that way. I I mean, I like that she thinks that I'm special. I like that she thinks that I'm I'm a good dad. I'm an exceptional dad for some reason. But it's just to me still, it's I don't like the idea that most people out there think that dads are they deserve less or they deserve to be treated. I, I don't know. I don't even know what the hell I'm trying to say. Do you you get it though, right? Do you get what I'm saying? I'll wait for you to answer. Okay, but really, um, fuck, I'm so off track now. I don't even remember what I was trying to say anymore. Um, I started talking about the holiday schedule because I wanted to talk about Christmas and how um, the last couple of years, 
even even when the rest of the year was going okay and we were me and my ex were agreeing on you know what what the kids are doing here and when the blah 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 christmas is always like the ones that's the the one time a year that we can really have a good fight <laughs> uh is over christmas because obviously who who doesn't want their kids on christmas morning who doesn't want to spend christmas day with their kids it's like the day the perfect day of the year to spend with your kids it's you know seeing them open presents and and it's about the happiest you can make your kid all year. You know what I mean? In a normal year. There's other things, obviously, you can do to make them happier than Christmas morning. But fucking every kid loves Christmas. They look forward to it. And the excitement is something that no parent wants to miss. So, yeah. Christmas has been a big fight the last couple of years. And I have a feeling any of you uh, divorced parents, Christmas is probably a big fight for you, too. Um, even though the guidelines specifically spell out... A custodial parent gets them from this time to this time, and the non-custodial parent gets them from this time to this time. What sucks for us is that, uh, like I said, I am the non-custodial parent for my kids, but Ashley is the custodial parent for Scarlett. So technically, technically, no matter what, our holidays with my kids are supposed to be complete opposite from the holidays with Scarlett. Uh, luckily for her, um, luckily for Ashley, I should say, uh, a lot of times she's able to just say, Hey, uh, I need to have Scarlett from this time to this time. And Scarlett's dad is usually, you know, he usually, oh, okay, well, well, I'll take her then. I'll take her for this time instead then. Um, which is crazy because, you know, I don't know. I I think, I don't know. Without getting into why that is, it just works out that way a lot of times. But Christmas is like the time when it's really hard trying to figure out the best time for us to have Scarlett and my kids at the same time. So, you know, so Santa only has to come to our house once because we don't want Scarlett to have to open her presents by herself. and, And we don't want her to sit there and, you know, I, I, we don't, I don't know. It, you get what I'm saying. We want all three of the kids there to open their gifts from Santa at the same time. And that's hard to do. Um, this year worked out uh, because Ashley and I are both on call for Christmas. So we are going to have Santa come a day early. Um, and we're going to try to get my kids to come over the night before Christmas Eve. We'll have them all day Christmas Eve and then... My ex can have the kids back, you know, Christmas Eve night into Christmas Day and then all day Christmas because I'm on call anyway. So, um, which technically she has not agreed to that yet because uh, she has to wait and see what her family's schedule is. But I, I have a feeling that's going to be okay because I'm giving up I'm giving up my rights to all of my Christmas hours uh, just so I can have Christmas Eve instead. I feel, I feel like that's a fair deal. But I guess I'll update you in a couple of weeks and let you know if that is a, a fair enough deal or not, or if I had to fight about it again. Um, trying to think of where else to go. Um, the main thing I wanted to talk about with this whole divorce episode was the holiday schedule and how difficult it can be. And um, Realistically, no matter how bad the situation is, no matter how bad you hate each other, um, 
obviously, I shouldn't have to say this, but the best thing you can do is never, ever, ever let your kids know that you're fighting with their other parent. Um, never let them know that you dislike the other parent or whatever the case may be. Uh, that's awful. That's awful. Don't fight in front of your kids and don't, you know, no kid needs to see that and hear that. And because then they're left picking sides and they shouldn't have to choose between parents. You know what I mean? They should never have to choose between parents. It's unfair to ask a child to do that. Um, and realistically, you don't want to do that either because what if they pick the other parent? How are you, how are you going to feel after that? Knowing that they picked the other parent, they took their side, no matter what it is, no matter, do you want to feel that? And think about how awful that would make you feel. Do you really want to make the other person feel that? I mean, whether you dislike them or hate them or not, would you want to put anybody through that feeling? That's awful. And it's awful to put a kid in that situation. So uh, be the better person. You know, be be the bigger person in every argument. Uh, concede sometimes. Agree most of the time. You know, I'm not saying give everything up just to let the other person have their way. But, you know, let them have their way a few times. You know, let them have their way often. And then when there's something big that you really want, then you can say, hey, I let you have this, 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 and this. And if they, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say because some, some, some people will just take, 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 and then never give anything back. But the best way to get back on track with your ex and have an agreeable schedule with your kids and, and, and make your kids the happiest and give, give them the best life that you can is to agree with the other parent as much as you can, as much as you can stomach sometimes. Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard sometimes. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it either. I've fought plenty of times that I didn't need to. I have, I know I have, I'm a stubborn person just by nature. And I stick, I stand my ground on a lot of things, but, uh, sometimes I'm just, I'm sick of it and I don't, I don't want to fight and I don't want to, I don't want the kids to know we're fighting. I don't want the kids to know that there's any hard feelings or anything. I want their kids to think that they have two happy, normal parents, you know, that don't, that they just don't live together. Um, cause that's the, that's, I want them to see happy households. And that's, I've, I know I've driven that point home on a few episodes before when we've talked a little about divorce and step being a step parent and everything is to me, the most important thing you can do for your kids is to show them what a happy household looks like. And that goes both ways. That doesn't just mean your household. That means their other parents household too. And if you're fighting with them all the time and you're making their life a living hell and you're making things difficult on them just because, or, you know, you're refusing to help pay for, uh, sports equipment or whatever. And meanwhile, they're going broke because they're paying for everything because you don't, you know, you shouldn't have to pay for that and blah, blah, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm not, I'm not trying to point anything out that anybody's doing wrong, but whatever, 
um, if you're fighting over money, you're fighting over whatever, uh, and the other parent is pissed off and, you know, your kids pick up on that kind of stuff and you end up looking like the bad guy. Uh, I, I know somebody very close, uh, that's going through a divorce right now. Uh, and the dad is refusing, even, even though she doesn't have a very big income and she literally can't pay for anything for the kids right now. The dad is nitpicking everything that he pays for and, uh, making it as hard as possible. And I'll tell you what, the kids are old enough that they, they see that happening and they're going to resent it. Whether they do right now or not, they are going to resent it. Um, and that's something to keep in mind. Don't, don't, don't be the guy that your kids end up hating in five years because you wanted to make things more difficult on their mom or vice versa. Don't be the mom that makes things hard for the dad because the kids will see that too. You know, I don't know. You get what I'm saying. I, these, these solo episodes are hard for me because uh, I know what I want to say, but when I have nobody sitting across from me reacting to the things I say, I don't know if I'm getting it through. So I have to keep repeating myself because I don't know if the point I'm making makes sense. Does that point make sense? Um, I don't know. There's so much more that I wanted to get into on this episode because divorce is a big topic. And I feel like I just, I've, I've very, very barely, you know, scratched the surface of it. Um, but, uh, the reality is I guess I could do a lot of it, these divorce episodes. Um, because there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different aspects of divorce and, um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I I know this has all been like negative and oh, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. This is this sucks. This is hard. Blah 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 blah. But uh, and these are very fresh wounds for me still. You know, um, a lot of this stuff still hurts to this day. Knowing that I only get my kids every other weekend hurts a lot. Um, and knowing that that probably won't change for a couple of years because I, I don't have money for a lawyer to change that situation. You know, the only way I'm going to be able to change that situation is to get along with their mom. And, you know, to the point where finally I'll be able to just say to her one day, Hey, can I have the kids for this whole week? Or can I, can I take the kids for an extra weekend? Or can I, and, you know, since we've been getting along, maybe she'll just say, yeah, that's fine. We can do that. That's, that's, that's the dream right now. You know, that's where I hope this goes. Um, and it might go that way. It could go that way very soon. Who knows? Uh, a lot of the animosity from the beginning of our divorce is gone and we've worked our way through that and, or at least just put it behind us. And, uh, we are able to be civil about a lot of things. Now there's certain things that still get on my nerves and certain things that still get on her nerves. But for the most part, uh, we agree a lot of the time. And that's the point I wanted to get to. Uh, that's what, that's what I wanted to reach because I know that going back to court, I'm not 
going to stand very much, uh, unless I hire a really good expensive lawyer. I'm not going to do very good in court. That's just the way things go. I didn't do good in court last time. Um, and yeah, my lawyer sucked. That had a lot to do with it, but it also is just the way things went in that, in that courthouse. I'm not going to say every courthouse, but in the courthouse that we had our divorce in, dads don't do well. Um, because they see a lot of cases where, you know, the parents split and the dad refuses to pay child support. The dad never goes and picks up his kids. They see that stuff. That's not, it's, I'm not saying that's, that stuff happens. That's reality. Um, I'm not saying moms don't do that too, but in the area that I live in, most of the time it's delinquent and deadbeat dads. So the courts see that and it hurts those of us that are trying to do our best, you know? Um, I don't know. I fucking, I, I keep getting into this like way too serious and I don't, I don't want to get that far into it. Uh, but I guess, I don't know the big takeaways from this episode, hire a mediator. Don't hire lawyers. Mediators force you to resolve things. Uh, lawyers want you to fight. Um, what else did I say? Don't text unless it's simple stuff like, Hey, what day are you getting the kids this week? Or, Hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, Mark has basketball practice Wednesday. Don't forget, blah, blah, blah. That kind of stuff. That's, that's easy. But when it comes to stuff that like you're asking a favor or, or, you know, money is coming up, especially that's a big one too. Talk to them in person. Uh, it's so much easier when you can see each other and you can read the tone of the conversation instead of just seeing text on a screen. Uh, it's a lot easier to not get into a giant, giant argument. I can't tell you how many fights me and my ex had been through all because I misread the tone of her text or vice versa. And going back and looking at those conversations and seeing like, you know, I could have been nicer here or, or, you know, I probably read that wrong. I, so many, so many conversations like that. And I, you know, this isn't just about like your kids either. Okay. Let's break away from kids for a second. I know this is the kids for sale podcast, but even with your, your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or girlfriend, your significant other, your sisters, brothers, your family, whoever, uh, Never just assume texts are snarky, shitty. Maybe that's just my paranoia. Maybe nobody else reads texts in that in that way. Maybe that nobody else reads them as shitty, like attacking messages. But like I, I seem to, I feel that all the time when I'm reading. Maybe I just I I text shitty people. I don't know. Betsy especially. Betsy's Betsy's always shitty over text. That's why I'm surprised she came and she was pleasant on my podcast last week. But uh, I'm just joking. Me and Betsy get along 99% of the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, real real conversations are so much better than texting uh, if it can turn into an argument. Fuck, that's such a stupid point. I, I don't want to. I don't want to walk away on that one. That's so dumb. Uh, what can I walk away on? 
I don't know. I'm I'm approaching my hour right now, and I I I don't know. Did I mention how fried my brain is? I've I I I'm on call this week at work, and I've gotten called out every night this week, uh, like until two in the morning. <laughs> I didn't get home from work last night until actually I was home from work last night about twelve thirty, but the night before I didn't get home till four thirty. The night before, I wasn't home till like three or four. It sucks. <laughs> My brain's fried. I can't even think. I'm surprised I made it to an hour so fast because I was able to keep talking and rambling. And is anybody still here? Uh, for real though, uh, I, I I'm sorry this episode was such a shift in tone from my previous episodes. Um, like I said, I try to keep the show fun and lighthearted and stuff, but d- d- nothing about divorce is fun and lighthearted. And, uh, since this is a kid's pod, a kid, a parenting podcast, um, divorce is very much a reality for a a lot of, I I assume even a lot of people read or not reading, a lot of people listening to this right now, I, I assume divorce is a reality, whether you're the one active in the divorce or whether you are dating somebody that has been through a divorce and you're kind of like the step parent unofficial step parent like I was with Scarlett for a couple of years uh you're you're part of that divorce now you know I'm not saying you're the cause of it or I don't mean that I just mean like that divorce is part of your reality now and uh I I know I don't have to tell you that because you see it there's no way to avoid it it's it's a very real thing and uh it's not it's not happy it's never happy so that's why I didn't want to make this too lighthearted and like try to play like, oh, divorce is not that bad. It's bad. It's bad. Um, but like I said early on in the episode, the light at the end of the tunnel is uh, as as angry as I got over some of the things I talked about today, and as upsetting as some of the things I talked about today are um, for me personally. And if I, I'm sure some of you have gone through similar things. Um, Things are better today than they have been for, as far as I'm concerned, forever, you know? Um, I'm happier today now that I've moved on with my life and and Ashley and I are very happy together and uh, we are able to, we are able to kind of channel our happiness into giving the kids a good, happy household to live in too. You know, they love coming over here. They love, you know, every night I I call my kids every night uh, before bed, every single night. Well, I'm not going to say I haven't missed a couple of nights, like when I was at work or, you know, time gets away from me sometimes. And by the time I go to call them, they're already in bed, but I, I FaceTime my kids every night. Um, and every, a lot of nights when I call them, both of them are saying, can we come to your house tomorrow? Can we come to your house on this day? And, uh, you know, part of me takes that as they want to be here. I wish they were here more, but the other part of me just loves the fact that they look forward to it. That means I'm doing something right. You know, I'm giving them something to look forward to when they come to my house, even though we don't, it's not like we go and do crazy stuff every weekend that it's a, it's always an adventure when they come here or anything. And sometimes it's just they just come and sit on the couch and watch TV, normal kid stuff, you know. 
But the fact that they look forward to coming and doing that normal kid stuff at my house is it means a lot, and that's what I want, uh, and that's that's what we try to give them um, by making sure that we are happy uh, and and letting them be a part of that happy household. That's the most important thing you can do for your kids uh, through through a divorce, through a separation, through anything is. Uh, no matter how bad the situation is for you, put the best spin on it that you can um, because you, your kids need that. Your kids need that happiness. They need you to be happy. They don't need to just be happy themselves. They don't need you to just be buying them stuff to be happy. They need you to be happy and to show them how to be happy. So when things get to their darkest, um, just... Look forward to what's to come because it, it does get better. Um, that's the biggest thing I want anybody to take away from this episode is uh, it, it does get better. Uh, and you need to look forward to that for your kids. So uh, this was it for Kids for Sale. Um, I hope some of you stuck in there with me till the end. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm sorry. This was not the, this was not the lighthearted episode that I try to normally give you. Um, but this is reality. Uh, and there will be more episodes like this because I, I, I barely put a dent in what I even wanted to talk to. I have a list of things I wanted to talk to today and I just kept spinning off and I, I, I got through like three items on my list. So, um, there'll be more of these. And I hope, I hope it's given you some level of perspective. Um, anyway, uh, this is kids for sale. Uh, as usual, check out the other shows on the journey into comics network at journey into Um, there really is a show there for everybody. L- go to the website, look at all the shows they have. The hosts are great. The shows are fun. Um, no matter what you're interested in, you can find a show on the network that you will be into. Um, and if you, you know, give a couple dollars to the Patreon, uh, you can get access, early access to episodes of the, those shows. And there's some special episodes that'll come out that are only available to Patreon members and, you know, and you're helping support the network, uh, because this stuff is not free, you know, <laughs> recording these podcasts is not free. This microphone I'm sitting in front of talking to you on right now is a $300 microphone. So <laughs> this is a hobby for me. I'm not making money on it, but uh, I'm saying sustaining a podcast network is not free and you're getting all this content for free. So a couple dollars a month is really not going to hurt you and it helps the network so much more than you would believe. So consider subscribing to the Patreon, please. Um, but journeyintocomics.com. I, I, would, I would love to hear from you guys on what you thought of today's episode. Please leave a comment on my Facebook page because I've abandoned all other social media at this point. <laughs> um, leave a comment on the Facebook page. Uh, and let me know if this episode was this too dark. Do you not want me to do this anymore? Do you want me to keep it lighthearted and fun? Or did this help any of you? Because um, I'd love to do more of these if anybody wants to hear them. So 
let me hear from you, please. For real. Um, Facebook page or kids for sale podcast at gmail.com or is it kid for sale pod at gmail.com? I fucking, I don't even remember my own email address. Now I'm going to look it up. So be patient. Kids for sale podcast at gmail.com. All one word, no dots, no underscores or anything. Kids for sale podcast at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Leave me a comment on my Facebook. Um, send me pictures of your Thanksgivings, you know, pictures with your kids from Thanksgiving. Let me know what they ate on Thanksgiving. Cause I'm really curious. I honest to God, I am. Um, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you in a couple weeks.